Hello to all you Eagles fans out there. This is episode four of the Missing Link Podcast. Your connection to the Eagles through the eyes of a fan. Today we're going to be reviewing a 24-20 loss to the Atlanta Falcons. Eagles take a tough loss on the road. Let's dissect it now. So close. Oh my gosh, what a rough game. Between all the injuries, Carson coming in and out of the lineup, and some of those exciting plays in the fourth quarter, I was definitely on the edge of my seat, and I was probably up two hours after the game just staring into my ceiling, contemplating life. Between the 75 injuries that occurred before the second half and some of Carson's late-game heroics, I'm not sure whether to be super excited about the way this game ended and happy we were even making it close, or to wallow in sorrow. Let's take a step back. I've had 24 hours to think about this. And some of the hot takes that I've seen on Twitter and otherwise, basically saying this game was all Carson's fault, that's complete bullshit. How many injuries do you want a team to suffer before it's enough? Carson did everything he could to win that game. Nelson Aguilar had the game-winning touchdown in his hands. He dropped it, but then he came back and made a 4th and 14 catch down the field. So... I think this is a group effort, a team loss, and this doesn't fall on any one player. But I can say, when you don't have Alshon Jeffrey, when you don't have Deshaun Jackson, and you don't have Dallas Goddard for almost the entire game, I'm willing to forgive and look past losing on the road to a really good Falcons team. Let's back away from the hot takes, let's take a look at this game individually, how it ebbed and flowed, and let's all collectively cross our fingers that some of these injuries are short-term and not going to affect more of the season. First quarter time, or I mean the way the game went, when all the bodies started to fall, I have not seen this many injuries in the first quarter of a football game in a very long time. You think about, okay, what, did Sean play like what, six six plays? And then he's out there, groin injury. Alshon Jeffrey plays a little bit longer, then he's held out with a calf injury. Dallas Goddard in warmups, apparently pulls his calf, can't play. I, I'm just watching this broadcast like, who the hell is left? You know, you only carry five receivers on game day, and it's just rapid fire. Game plan all week, you think you're going to have these players, you design plays around them, so I don't think we can really start this game off without how affected the Eagles offense was losing that many players that quickly in such a short amount of time. It was just like overwhelmingly negative <laughs> You know, you're you're watching the game. You're like, oh, he's hurt. Like that's that's a big loss. Uh, Deshaun's hurt. Uh, all sh- what is going on? What did Doug Peterson do before the game? Like, did he kick a child in the streets? Like, why is God forsaken this team? I mean, it was just absolutely devastating to see this amount of injuries pile up before the game started. And I'm not going to act like this isn't a trend. I mean, clearly we don't score a lot of first quarter points. Their graphic was put up during the broadcast last in the NFL last year in first quarter points. Not a surprise. Felt that every single week. Certainly seemed like we needed to come back from a hole almost immediately. Last week, I thought, oh, we'd wake up. Let's get our gears in order. We're heading to Sunday Night Football to play a great team in Atlanta. Uh, Hell no. Not even close. Losing those players certainly doesn't help, but let's not act like Carson didn't play like absolute shit in the first quarter. So the Falcons start this game off with a field goal drive. A couple nice plays, but the defense holds. So, okay, let's get the offense out there. Let's get rolling. Punt in five plays, not great. Falcons then punt after that. Oh, their punter's injured. 
maybe we could start playing this field position game. Maybe that, you know that'll affect the rest of this game because they're not going to have an opportunity to punt it as far as they'd like. We're going to have better field position, and we could take advantage of that. Uh, not exactly. Carson now in the next possession rolls to the right. This is where he got that shot to the ribs because he opened himself up, threw it deep down the field, takes the shot right in his rib cage, affects him for I think the rest of the first half. I think it was pretty obvious he wasn't feeling a hundred percent, but it gets intercepted by Desmond Trufant. Absolutely awful interception. You can't be doing that shit in that spot. And Carson needs to protect the ball, but he also needs to protect himself. You know, you already know that these injuries are piling up. Don't be throwing a bomb like that in front of a defensive lineman ready to take your head off. Be a little bit smarter, dude. Sit down, take the sack, or get the two yards, call it a day. Don't be throwing it deep down the right sideline, even if it is third down, and getting intercepted. I mean, it's Atlanta. It was only Atlanta 45. You might be able to take an opportunity. Doug Peterson trusts this team enough. Go for it on fourth down. Maybe you get it there, but live to fight another day. Don't be trying to be a hero every single time, especially in the early first quarter when injuries are starting to pile up. And that honestly really does it for the first quarter. It wasn't exactly a, a highlight reel for either squad. Falcons are up 3-0. Not much to write home about, but the Eagles have the ball to start the second quarter. So let's let's go, man. Like Let's get down there, score a touchdown. Let's get ahead. As the second quarter starts, the Eagles drive to the Falcons' 12-yard line. Fortunately, Carson Wentz took a Grady Jarrett sack, someone I highlighted last week as someone who could really wreck this game. And Isaac Samalu at left guard could not hold up against this guy. I mean, he was just eating his lunch the entire game, and it didn't get any better. I swear, watching this game live, almost every time Carson dropped back to pass, Isaac Samalu was in his lap because Grady Jarrett was pushing him back so far. He couldn't run block. He couldn't pass block. He was just a complete liability out there. And you want to neutralize the other team's best player? Uh, We allowed him to completely wreck our offensive line. And that led to a lot of Carson scrambles. And the basic inability of this offense to run the ball comes directly to not being able to block this defensive line from the Falcons. But Jake Elliott makes a 34-yard field goal. So it's 3-3. Feeling pretty good. And as soon as the Falcons get the ball back, their right tackle goes down. And I got to be honest, I thought at this point that it was going to start to be like that Redskins game. Offensive lineman gets hurt, opens up an opportunity. That is not at all how this went. McCarry, their right tackle, goes down. Their replacement held up extremely well. In fact, their left side of the line was the weaker one throughout the second quarter. The right guard's already out because he got hurt last week. And now their right tackle is out. Let's pull some stunts. Let's do some blitzing. Let's do something to put some pressure on these guys. Anyone can stand across from someone else. These guys are in the NFL and block someone one-on-one. Let's try to confuse them. Let's try to loop some people around. Let's blitz a cornerback. I don't know, but to let this just continue where they're driving up and down the field, they weren't able to score, but the offensive line was in shambles, and I didn't see anything from Jim Schwartz to tell me, attack. Let's make sure that we just wreck this offensive line. That did not become a priority until much later in this game. And not only are we not getting pressure on Matt Ryan, but our corners are just getting lit up. Specifically, Ronald Darby. He was targeted this entire game. It didn't matter who was on him. Didn't matter if Calvin Ridley was across from him. Didn't matter if Julio Jones was across from him. Didn't matter if your mother lined up across from him. They were going to be able to beat him on a post, a go, whatever it was. He looked slow. He looked not fully recovered from his ACL injury. And the Falcons' game plan revolved all around attacking Ronald Darby. And Matt Ryan... He was terrible in this game. I don't think any Falcons fan is feeling good about their quarterback at this point. But he missed a huge throw to Ridley for a touchdown. He missed another throw for a touchdown where the guy was wide open. And then on top of that, Matt Bryant misses a 50-yard field goal. So 
you see the potential of this runaway train about to take off because we can't get any pressure on them, even though the injury took place, and we can't cover these guys in the secondary, so it's just a matter of time before they connect on one of these deep balls. So what do the Eagles do with these gifts of missed touchdown passes and missed field goals? They trot right out there, and they throw an interception. First play. Carson tries to get it to Zach Ertz on an out and up. Gets nothing behind it. True find intercepts it. Get an opportunity with a missed field goal, and you narrowly escape a couple touchdowns over your head, and you go out there and you throw another interception. Carson had a terrible first half. He was just off the entire time, whether it was that hit, not having a communication with his receivers. The offense up to this point has just been an absolute nightmare. And boy, do we pay for it. After being teased this whole quarter with two misses, Matt Ryan finally finds Calvin Ridley for a 34-yard touchdown right over Ronald Darby. It's so frustrating to watch because you're not getting any pressure. The back end of this defense is getting beat left and right, right over his head. You saw this coming the entire time, and there's no adjustment being made. You're just letting these receivers run by you over and over again. And what, hoping that Matt Ryan doesn't connect? He's not trash. Like He's going to make some of these throws happen. So he finally connects with Calvin Ridley. And the Falcons are up 10-3. to Nothing doing on the Eagles' next possession. Falcons get it back. Matt Ryan throws it deep down the left sideline to Mohamed Sanu. Gets juggled, and oh my god, we can't play defense. Sidney Jones comes up with an interception. I almost fell out of my chair. <laughs> it's, like so, it's like, finally, you know, they made a mistake. Carson's been playing really bad at this point, but just to see the other team give one back to us. Okay, now we're in position to go down and tie this game up. Not exactly. Josh McCown comes in because Carson's under concussion protocol. For some reason, instead of taking him out right at the time that it happened, they waited a couple of plays, and that interception was bad timing because Carson's in the tent, has to go through his normal concussion protocol before he can come out on the field. And McCown actually looked pretty good. You know, he threw a couple swing passes to get himself comfortable, looking great, throwing across the middle to Ertz. Fantastic. Get us all the way down into field goal range. Carson comes back in. And almost gets Nelson Aguilar decapitated. I mean, he throws this ball in the back of the end zone way too high, which actually was a pretty big theme during this. When Carson was missing, he was missing high, which you never want to do over the middle because it can lead to interceptions or your receiver dying on the field, which ends up walking over to get himself checked out by the training staff. You have to hit him either in the numbers or low. You can't be going high unless it's in the back of the end zone or going to be out of bounds because if you have a defender lined up behind you waiting to take your head off, that's going to lead to some major injuries. Luckily, they avoided in this situation, but Carson's got to be better than that, man. You can't be putting that ball up there and hanging your receiver out to dry. Jake Elliott comes out for a field goal, so the Falcons are leading 10-6 going into halftime. Halftime checkup. I'm thinking to myself, shades of last week. Looks an awful lot like that game, doesn't it? You're sitting there with the Redskins up, playing like shit. Atlanta's up this week, playing like shit. I'm expecting them to come out and kind of turn the switch. Although, my expectations are a little tempered because Deshaun Jackson's not playing, Alshon Jeffrey's not playing, and Deshaun had a lot to do with sparking the offense last week. Okay, let's take this opening kickoff from the third quarter and let's go down, score, and we're, we're leading, right? I feel lucky to only be down 10-6 to 6 considering how poorly this game's gone so far. I really should have known better. Corey Clement takes the opening kickoff, runs down the right sideline, and fumbles. Not only fumbles, but gets injured. His arm was in a sleeve after the game, so he must have messed up his shoulder. He might as well have come out of the TV and kicked me in the balls, because I was so deflated (laughs) after that. I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, you fumbled the opening kickoff. I just threw my hands up in the air, like, what else can go wrong? Like, what have we done to deserve this? Like, this is just an 
absolute nuclear meltdown from all angles. Anything that could go wrong was going wrong. Three plays later, give up a touchdown to Julio Jones in the end zone, so now we're looking at 17-6 to Falcons, and I'm ready to turn my television off. I mean, it's just been awful, and it's sometimes it's not your night, and how much more clear could it be that it was not our night? Fumbling, turnovers, injuries... I'm tired, man. Like, let's hey, look. If you're if you're not getting anything going on this next drive, this game could start to get ugly. Eagles punt on their next possession, so it's really left up to the defense. And I think Jim Schwartz had the same idea I did, which was just blitz the bejesus out of Matt Ryan. Like, what do you have to lose? Down eleven, and so on a third and nine, Schwartz has a great blitz with McLeod and Jenkins or safeties right up the middle, forces Matt Ryan into a long throw that was a pretty big duck because it was off of his back foot. Ronald Darby takes a break from getting torched and actually comes up with an interception. Returns the ball decently well back to the Atlanta 27. So now we're already in field goal range. Let's take this thing and let's drive it back into the end zone for a touchdown. We had no momentum at all until this point, and it was completely manufactured by a great blitz design by Jim Schwartz. The offense ends up stalling at the Atlanta four-yard line. So it's fourth and four. I love this call. Big balls Doug comes out to play, decides to go for it. They only rush three, which is not a common thing they've done during this. They have actually been blitzing the majority of the time. So Carson takes his time, rolls out to his left, readjusts his windows, and fires a great pass to Nelson Aguilar in the back of the end zone for a touchdown. The Eagles are down 17-12, to so they decide to go for two. That way can make it a field goal game. To my surprise, the play ended up being a, a read option. So they faked it to the running back, and Carson's running out to the right and dives for the end zone get you know ptsd from the rams game two years ago but he dives in gets it gets up healthy fantastic looks initially like the eagles got the two-point conversion completed however upon review there's a new rule in place this year where apparently if a quarterback or any other skill position player dives for the end zone if their knee or any body part other than you know their feet touches the ground they're considered down at the spot whether they've been touched or not absolutely ridiculous sliding i can understand because you're going feet first and clearly you're giving yourself up diving head first for the end zone whether this is a two-point conversion or not that is absolutely not giving yourself up i could totally see this costing someone in the playoffs like you think about it right like game winning touchdown running back dives for the end zone but their knee drags along the ground and they call him down at the spot i mean it's just it's, it's an awful rule play doesn't count it's 17 to 12 atlanta the Falcons go on a long offensive drive all the way down to the Philadelphia 8, and Matt Ryan throws this absolutely boneheaded interception right into the arms of Nate Gary. I don't, I don't know what the heck he was looking at. Nate was standing right there, ready to intercept it, threw it right into his numbers. He's smart, gets down, takes the touchback. Now we're heating up. Let's take this ball. Let's drive it down. Let's score a touchdown. Let's go up on these guys. A quick aside from the Falcons' point of view, considering how long Ryan's been in the league, I cannot fathom such a boneheaded interception and the fact that he threw three picks in this game was just giving the game away defense was playing great wide receivers are playing awesome the only weak link of that team that this entire game was pretty much matt ryan's i take back what i said last week i said he was elite to great i would put that more towards good because everything i saw last night does not scream an elite or a great quarterback screams someone who has a great supporting cast and is competent enough to take advantage of them but thank you very much for the interceptions hats off to you brother so now we're in the fourth quarter. Eagles have the ball. Didn't do much. Three plays punt. Falcons get it. Three plays punt. Eagles get it back. 
And just like last week, they go on a huge drive in the fourth quarter to drain the majority of the clock. And this drive wasn't easy with young receivers on the field. Nelson Aguilar played a big role in bailing out Carson with a high throw on third down. Really climbed the ladder to make that grab. Hollins had a big third down catch with Carson when he was getting dragged down by Vic Beasley. That was such an incredible play by Carson. I mean, that's what makes you so excited to be the Eagles quarterback. He makes plays like that. I mean, maybe three people in the NFL could make. He's getting dragged down from behind. All he has is his arm, and he's able to make an accurate throw about 15 yards down the field into Hollins' arms on the run. He did everything he could in this game, including plays like that and a little bit later, to show the grit, the toughness, and just because he's taking a beating, isn't that accurate, not having the best game ever, he is the reason why the Eagles can be as good as they can be. If you want to be successful in the NFL, your franchise quarterback needs to make plays just like that. And if the other guys and the other teams don't have someone capable of these plays, that gives you a huge advantage. I'm so glad Carson's on our team. The drive caps off with a Carson sneak for a touchdown, ends up spiking the ball and almost breaking his ankle doing it, so maybe you should stay away from the Gronk spikes from now on, buddy, which is trying to keep you healthy. Ertz had a great catch for a two-point conversion. It was a double slant. Hollins cleared out the DBs, and Ertz was right there ready to take one right on the chin. Eagles are now leading 20-17, to finally. The drive in total was 13 plays, 73 yards, took eight and a half minutes, and now we got the Falcons right where we want them. Not a lot of time left. We're up. We know they have to throw. Their offensive line has been hit by injuries. Let's pin our ears back. Let's get Matt Ryan. Let's take this one home and escape Atlanta with a win. I sure wish that's how it would have went down. Falcons get the ball back. Fourth down. I had some flashbacks to Tennessee last year. Corey Graham giving up that pass. I was I was like, all right, clearly this. Let's turn this one around. You know, Jim Schwartz. Let's uh, let's make up for that. Falcons go five wide. Throw a screen pass to Julio Jones. Some great blocks. And he's one-on-one with our cornerback. So, I mean, did you expect anything else? Runs for the end zone. What kind of defense is that, man? At least play some zone defense, play the sticks. What are you doing running man coverage? Especially when you've been getting your butt kicked this entire time by these receivers. Whether it's short, deep, whatever. I just don't understand that kind of a call, being in man coverage with five wide. I understand that it's difficult to give pressure with the front four, especially the way this game had been going. You just can't give up that play in that situation. Not when the game's on the line. It's, it's absolutely pathetic. So the Falcons are leading 24-20. to 20, And the Eagles have an opportunity to win. You know, despite all the injuries, situations that have come up during the game, they're in a position to win. Got three minutes left. Let's take this. Let's drive it down. Let's score a touchdown. And let's get a walk-off win. First play is an eight-yard pass to Nelson Aguilar. Great start. Then the big one. Carson throws a deep pass on the left sideline to Nelson Aguilar perfectly, right in the hands, and he drops it. That was the game-winning touchdown pass. Could not have drawn it up better, couldn't have thrown it better. Nelson Aguilar has to make that catch. He had a great game. I understand that there are some injuries out there that are holding you back and you're getting overworked, but you're running down the sidelines, man, streaking, game's on the line. You've come a long way since you've been in Philadelphia as a first-round pick. Your confidence is there. I was actually honestly shocked that he dropped it. That was the whole game right then and there. And that was our opportunity, wrapped up, ready to be handed to us. We were going to walk off. We were going to win. I had no doubt about it. But unfortunately, he drops it. Carson could not have thrown a better ball. Absolute dime. You got to move on. It's third down. Here's where things start to get really weird. Carson throws a couple of completions to Darren Sproles. Gets a first down. Gets some yardage on first. 
Then he throws over the middle to Zach Ertz. Again, high. Hangs him out to dry. Gets hit in the ribs. Clearly in pain. He's kind of like writhing a little bit. Goes to the sidelines. Realizes, oh, I don't have a backup. Because Goddard got hurt in the beginning of the game. So... He has to stay in. He kind of shakes his head at the coach. He's like, okay, like I'll try to... And he kept running his routes, and he kept staying out there blocking and doing what he had to do. I have a lot of respect for Zach Ertz. He's a great player, but he's a better teammate. I think it showed how tough he is. The fact that he could stay in for the team. Because had he gone out, we wouldn't have had a tight end. We would have been screwed. We only had three receivers that were even healthy. So he goes out there, guts it out, and it shows what kind of football player he is. That guy's playing to win. Carson gets sacked on the next play. He was rolling to his left, and Lane Johnson did a great job riding Vic Beasley around. You know, you're supposed to kind of ride him out like around the pocket to make sure he doesn't get to the quarterback. But the fact that Carson scrambled left, left him wide open to get hit from behind. So now it's fourth down, 14 yards to go. Falcons defense is set up at the sticks. Smart move. Want to make sure you keep everything in front of you. What they decided to do was send Nelson Aguilar on a fly route. So Carson drops back. Instead of stopping at the sticks, he kind of like stops and goes. Carson gets crushed as he lets this ball go. Because I think if he wasn't hit as he threw this ball, it would have been a touchdown. Gets over the defense. Nelson's right there to catch it. Takes a hit. Holds on. We're in business. I felt like this like that was the play. We got this. The momentum's on our side. We're on like the 20-yard line. Let's drive this in here. Let's win this game. The drive stalls again. Sets up another fourth down. This time it's only fourth and eight. They run a stick route with Ertz. He runs right to the marker, turns around, actually steps back into the ball about a half step. A couple of things to keep in mind. So obviously he should have at least turned around, reached out, gotten that first down by any means necessary. But I think what a lot of this had to do with it was he was actually hurting from that hit he took earlier on this drive when he had to still stay in. Remember, he wanted to come off the field. Like, that's how bad he was feeling. But he had to stay in and tough it out. I don't know if it was a matter of targeting the wrong person you know Zach Ertz is exactly known for breaking tackles anyway but especially in that situation where he's hurting might not be thinking completely clearly runs to the sticks turns around should have given it 11 yards instead of 10 inches short and they had a good spot as soon as the replay was showing on television my heart kind of sank the Falcons take one knee end the game there Eagles lose 24 to 20 my immediate reaction after the game falls to Zach Ertz He took the loss on his shoulders after the game, and I don't think he has anything to apologize for. He played as well as he could have, and I think especially in that situation, we're kind of discounting how hurt he actually was. Regardless of him not breaking the tackle, he's a great route runner. Should have been 11 instead of 10, but that's not really what won and lost this game. What won and lost this game was the slow starts in the first quarter, throwing those interceptions, spotting the Falcons a 17-6 lead just like last week, And the fact that we didn't have the offensive firepower available like we did before. You know, last week we had two 50-yard shots down the field to Deshaun. That vertical element was completely eliminated from this game outside of Nelson's big catch on fourth down on that last drive. We just didn't have the juice, man. J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, Mac Collins. These guys are rookie to first-year, second-year receivers. They're not equipped to move around the formation, work out of the slot, run around and like you know communicate with each other this team was put in an extremely tough situation almost from the onset as soon as those three injuries went down you're playing with a stack deck against you and even though Carson had a pretty bad first half the defense and the offense as a whole had a pretty bad first half they came out in the second really tried to after outside of that first fumble catch up 
take it back to the Falcons through interceptions, through long drives, great passing by Carson. He did everything he possibly could to put this team on his back and carry it out a W. I think it's important to take a step back here. It's the second game of the season. We have 14 more of these to go. They're 1-1, one and one, and they lost on the road, depleted, to a Atlanta Falcons team that I expect to make the playoffs without their top two wide receivers and without their second tight end, who on most teams would be their best tight end. And we took them down to the very last drive. It took a fourth and eight falling short by one yard for us to lose. I'm not sitting here saying the sky's falling. I still feel pretty good about where we're at. In the long term, with the Saints, with Drew Brees getting hurt, also kind of eases my mind because that's a potential playoff team that's not going to have their starting quarterback for the next six weeks. We have an opponent next week in Detroit that's going to have no playoff implications. They're not a good team. They looked absolutely horrible against the Chargers. Let's get a win out there. Let's start building some confidence. Take this as a long season, not just the first two weeks, and overreact on the first Monday after the first loss. And next time we play them, if we do, it'll be at the link where we own them. And we're going to have our entire weapons available to us. And let's see them try to stop us then. Despite having basically one hand tied behind our backs, Carson almost completely won this game alone in that fourth quarter. And so in my book, I'm much more worried about this defense and how they completely targeted our number one cornerback. They just went after him the entire time. So when coaches get a hold of this tape, they're going to be looking at Ronald Darby saying, how can we attack this guy? Right now, there's some speculation going on because Jalen Ramsey is up. He basically demanded a trade from the Jaguars. I'm going to throw in some trade speculation here at the back end because Mika Fitzpatrick just got traded to the Steelers, so that's kind of off the table. Lockdown corners are very hard to come by. The biggest weakness on this team is the secondary, and if the Jaguars wanted the Eagles' 2020 first-round pick and maybe something else like a cornerback, I say you do the deal. You need to go out pick up somebody who's going to help shut down the opposing receivers. You can kind of work around that because we have two great safeties. The secondary really worries me. I think we should go out and grab a guy that's going to help fix that hole because that is the most glaring hole on this team. Secondary has given up the most passing yards in the NFL over the first two weeks. And we played decent teams, but I mean, are we really going to sit here and act like the Redskins have a great team? No way. And Atlanta didn't play particularly well today either. The offense, I'm not worried about. I think that once we get right, get healthy, we have the talent to be able to hang with anybody. But this defense needs some serious help, whether that's generating more of a pass rush up front. Maybe you go out and talk to Chris Long. Let's get someone else in here who can help rush the passer. Or you get some outside help at the cornerback position. That defense long-term worries me way more than the offense. My takeaways, Carson, despite his flaws in the first half, put this team on his back, almost carried out the win, and the offensive line, if that can start getting fixed, especially left guard with the Samalu, and actually is able to be competent in the run and pass game, I think we have a shot to be a pretty special offense. But this defense is really going to hold us back if we don't find answers soon. Howie, do the deal. Bring in Jalen Ramsey. And even though it's the first loss of the season, I think there's definitely some encouraging signs of a team that's resilient and tough and is going to fight to the very last man. Let's get a win next week against Detroit. Say it with me, guys and girls. Fly, Eagles, fly. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of the Missing Link Podcast. Please subscribe and give a five-star rating if you're listening on iTunes, or a follow or a rating on any other app you choose to listen to this on. And remember to share this with any other Eagles fans that you have in your life. The next episode will be on Friday, previewing the Detroit matchup. Have a great week, everybody. Everybody.